Welcome to the Mycelium Network Podcast, a podcast all about early stage web developers and the mentors and teachers that help them along the way. Hey, Alex, and welcome to the Mycelium Network Podcast. Hi, glad to be here. Glad to have you. So, as you've heard, because you've um, just told me that you've listened to quite a couple of the episodes already, which I appreciate very much. Um, I don't give a whole talk at the beginning. I give it over to you because you know you more than I do, and I'd want to learn more about you. So please go ahead and tell us more about yourself, your background, how you came to be where you are today, and anything else you'd like to share with us. Sure. Um, I am originally from Italy, but I am living in Czech Republic right now. My wife is Czech as well. So... Um, I have a lot, lots of backgrounds, say. My English is not perfect as well, so you can find lots of mistakes, but anyway. <laughs> um, I'm trying to improve somehow. Um, anyway, like my experience, uh, I'm a developer right now, like a web developer. I'm working with JavaScript, um, mostly like 99% at the moment with React. Uh, however, I have some uh, full stack background working with Node.js as well. <clears throat> However, it was not always like that. Uh, I started my developer journey. Uh, it was like four years ago, four, three, three, four years ago, like that. Um, before, uh, I had quite many experiences, uh, not related to tech at all. Um, however, say my, I reconnected somehow to my previous uh, high school, <laughs> previous, previous, previous <laughs> high school experience. Um, after, uh, when I started high school, it was, it was like five, 14, 15 or something like that. And uh, I started this high school, which was having a scientific experimental background at the time that we are talking about 20 years ago or uh, yeah, something like that. So experimental, that means that at the time we were working, uh, it was already like quite advanced, but uh, some on C++ stuff as well. Uh, I started actually having some experiments in um, after primary school with QBasics. Um, but it was like really like a very few things. I was very little as well. Uh, basically, they were the teachers like showing us <laughs> what we can do. And then uh, in high school, yeah, we had something in C++, but that got until the point of um, like, I don't know, like drawing shapes with vectors or something like that. Uh, and it didn't go any further because there was not much time and well, it was quite complicated anyway. Um, then uh, I started to be passionate about it actually at the time. And uh, I bought some books. Uh, internet was kind of limited at the time. So there were some resources, but uh, not that much. Uh, Google was not existing, I think, just yet. So <laughs> uh, blogging, not even like uh, by any any means. There were some some apps, but anyway, books were the way to go. So I bought one book on C++ and I got so scared. <laughs> like when I got to the points of uh, pointers, but pun was not intended, but that, there it is. And... Um, then basically I kind of drop it. I, I had like some books on, uh, what was that called? Delphi as well. Uh, but yeah, like it didn't go through 
much more than that. Um, that was when I was 17, 18. And then, uh, then my mind changed, like, uh, because of teenager things, I guess. <laughs> Hormones change. So I completely dropped uh, scientific studies and I decided to direct my attention and uh, willingness to learn on humanistic studies. And so I kind of finished the bare, almost the bare minimum. Well, it was not the bare minimum, but like kind of little more than the bare minimum of the high school to be to pass it. Um, so I passed it and then I started university uh, in uh, in uh, philology and literature, which is kind of completely going the other way around. I have to say that, well, it was kind of for me um, more um, normal, say, because I was going very bad in uh, scientific sh- subjects and very good in uh, humanistic subjects. So it was a continuation, like, <laughs> to my path. Um, yeah, that's uh, my... Uh, like a first part of the story and the last one. <laughs> so what happens? <laughs> what happens? What happened in the middle is that um, I finished my first part of the university. University in Italy is mostly divided into parts: a three years bachelor degree, and then there is a two years called specialization or something like that. So it's basically five years, but divided in a three plus two program. So I did a three pro- three years of um, uh, philology. Then uh, I kind of understood that well, it's kind of useless. So <laughs> for me, so um, for the for finding some jobs because uh, basically the only uh, way to go through it on the career where by being a teacher and researcher, but it was like maybe two positions in whole Italy and. You know, like uh, these kind of faculties in Italy are like super overcrowded. They're uh, free access. So only my faculty in Bologna, they were like 1,000 students <laughs> just for that. So most of the students were going through basically teaching afterwards. Um, but they didn't want to go at the time to that. So I started, okay, like my second passion now is journalism. So I, I found something about that. So I did a kind of, it was not two years completely. It was a private uh, master degree, uh, but it was lasting one year and a half or something like that. Uh, it was about investigative journalism. I enjoyed it a lot <laughs> as well. However, the, um, the, the job market was like, basically it was going to be freelance, but also the journalism in Italy, uh, the field is kind of quite complicated. It was complicated before and it is even more now, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, I basically, when I, well, after I say, after I finished my studies in journalism, uh, I was trying to understand what to do with my life, with the rest of my life. Um, I decided, uh, well, for many reasons, basically, it happens that uh, I went to South America, to Colombia. Uh, and then uh, there, basically, I said, okay, let's find something to work here because, like, uh, maybe there is more possibility than in uh, in Italy at the moment. You know, job market in Italy is quite a diffi- kind of difficult. It's already, it's kind of okay-ish if you get some degree in uh, some chem- chemistry or some scientific field or something like that. Even 
as a programmer, like it's very difficult to access any kind of programming jobs if you don't have a computer science degree, almost impossible basically, because there is this kind of mentality. So uh, anytime, anyway, I was not interested into that. Uh, I had some side ups here and there. I went to Canada for uh, almost a year. Meanwhile, doing painting and uh, a waiter as a uh, working as a waiter and so on. But was just a parenthesis. And in Colombia, I started working as a teacher, uh, English teacher in the beginning, and then sorry, Italian teacher in the beginning, then English teacher. Now my my English dropped a lot, <laughs> like since then. Because like I'm being being not teacher anymore, and uh, also working in a uh, not English speaking country is like my level is kind of getting down more and more. Um, however, like I started doing that, and then I continued in a language school, uh, doing um, uh, basically being a sales representative of the school. I did that for a couple of years, and uh, meanwhile I was sometimes teaching still. And then uh, I was academic coordinator of the school. So I did all the, basically, career ladder of the <laughs> language school. <laughs> and then uh, the, the school, basically, uh, there was some problems between the, among the associates of the school. So it's basically, uh, I don't know how to call it, but it's split it in two, split in two. Um, so one, one, one branch of the school went one way and the other one went another way and they created another school. So they asked me to be academic uh, director. So I said, yes. So I was there working for uh, six months, eight months. I don't remember that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I got married all, in all this time. And my wife went, came to Colombia and there were too many expenses uh, with a visa and everything like that. The salary was kind of not so good to cover all the expenses. I enjoyed it a lot. They living there really a lot. Uh, however, for... Uh, many reasons like we decided to come back to Europe. So went back to Italy, to my parents' house for a few months. I tried, I sent maybe, I don't know how many, hundreds, some 100 or more CVs, like resumes, like all around the companies. And uh, I got maybe five replies <laughs> for that, including cover letters and everything. So I said, okay. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> um, so he said, yeah, okay. So we, my wife said, uh, said, okay, let's try Czech Republic. And, uh, I said, okay, let's try some, uh, I don't have like such thing. Like, uh, IT was already like a big, uh, a big, uh, growing thing in Czech Republic already then. That was like, uh, eight, nine years ago. Um, mm -hmm. However, uh, I said like, okay, I don't have like as much background because I don't really don't remember really anything about programming or anything like that. So uh, I do have like technical background. Uh, I know how routers work or these things like, so I applied for service desk positions and there were quite many here in Czech Republic uh, because there are lower taxes than um, other countries like Germany or Austria or something like that. So also lower salaries, lower taxes. So many companies are opening call centers, service desk here and in Poland and Hungary, but also here. So yeah, I started in IBM as a service desk. Um, and uh, well, actually, yes, I did an interview like before I applied uh, remotely already, like there was pre-COVID, but there was already this uh, this thing. Uh, I did an interview by phone uh, in Italy and um, 
And uh, yeah, uh, after a few rounds, like for like one interview and one technical round by phone, but it was kind of not the, the difficult. They gave you the materials to study beforehand, so it was good. <laughs> they were just like more testing how you were uh, checking, how you behaving, like you know, for clients and so on. Um, so uh, yeah, anyway, I got accepted, so I we packed and uh, we went to to Brno, <laughs> basically here where I live. Brno is a small city, it's like half a million people uh, in Czech Republic. It's the second biggest one, but it's half a million people anyway. Um, so yeah, I started working in IBM as a service desk. Um, it was already like uh, kind of a little more difficult on a psychological level because, I mean, service desk is already kind of challenging. Uh, my work was not 100% service desk. It was, there were some who were like, uh, kind of incident management roles in the middle as well. So it was not that, that stressful as others full 100% service desk, but I had my, my shift, my shares. Uh, but because of that, it was, um, uh, so-called out of office hours. So I was working in shifts like, uh, for, I don't remember how it was that, but it was five or four days, uh, day shift and then, uh, four days off. And then I was, I was having four days, nine shifts. Um, meaning that from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or something like that, or was seven, I don't really remember now. So, um, uh, yeah, I just don't, I can't say like so much about nightlife, uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, we were doing our jobs somehow and, um, there were like lots of dead time anyway, you know, dead time, meaning that uh, there were basically nothing. There was almost nothing to do, say, from 8 p.m. or not say 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. or uh, 6 a.m. Uh, so after a while, you know, you get bored, you don't know what to do, <laughs> basically. So I started studying, uh, I started studying, okay, let's uh, find something more interesting like to do. Uh, I was having something some I was checking like some ticket description here and there. It was something about SQL or SQL. I pronounce SQL. I like it <laughs> like this. And um uh so I started studying SQL. I don't remember where. I think it was W3 or something that like, some resources like that. Um I didn't know anything about programming anymore. I didn't really like even it didn't came to my mind, I think, uh, I think maybe some once, like I was checking something about C++ again, but I, I dropped it like immediately because I was getting scared again. So, uh, I said, okay, let's study, study, study some SQL. And eventually it was not that difficult, uh, but yeah, I tried that. I did some exercises here and there. I studied something else. Um, uh, oh yes, I was doing some, uh, Unix stuff. So I was studying some shell scripting. And, um, and, uh, yeah, after one year and a half, more or less, which was kind of too much time in retrospective, <laughs> I started applying it to, to some other jobs because there was no, there was no real, like a career ladder, so-called, or interesting career ladder for me in IBM, uh, at the time. Um, so yeah, I applied for some jobs and, uh, after a few, a few applications, actually I got it. I got the interview for one and I did the, the technical test. It was more like a normal technical test. Um, for it was also, yes, it was a shell scripting and it was like, um, um, uh, SQL. Yes. 
And it was a position about application support, uh, level so-called 1.5, <laughs> meaning that was between a service desk and, and level two, which was like more advanced stuff, which I did afterwards. Um, so they were acquiring some kind of, you know, uh, service desk management plus some basic skills to do, to run some scripts and, uh, uh, to run some updates in database and this stuff, nothing super complicated. But, uh, anyway, I got the job. Um, uh, I have to say that one thing that convinced, they convinced me, no, I convinced them because, oh, <laughs> because they were, one of the reasons I convinced them was that uh, IBM gave me lots of uh, procedural stuff to in my background, basically. So I, I know I knew a lot about bureaucracy and how procedures worked because I didn't know anything about it uh, beforehand, before IBM. So I did that uh, also in uh, out of office hours, so also night shifts. Um, but I did for that for six months. And after that, I started to having some, um, as well, like uh, tiredness <laughs> on doing this kind of shifts because it's kind of complicated on, on uh, I, I was managing like better than other people because some, some people like after one, two months, they don't manage anymore, but still like after two years, it was kind of like too much as well for me. Um, so anyway, I was also in the night shifts that were like more, there was more, more work than, uh, because I was working for different time zones, uh, basically spanning Asia and uh, Europe and Americas. So there was always something to do. However, I did have some free time. So I was starting a little more to, uh, to get promoted as well, which I did eventually after six months, uh, they promoted me to level two and they gave me basically, um, it was, it was kind of called application support level two, then level well, application support maintenance. Then it was called application support engineer. It was like so many names, one after the other one. Um, but it was the same job basically all the time. Um, however, then I started like learning more, more, many more things. Um, we were doing many jobs. Uh, any kind of works, um, say we were doing deployments. Uh, through the pipelines, so we were doing um, uh, like a, more or less like investigation vlogs in case of bugs. We were checking the database, running queries, check, uh, doing updates. Uh, basically, everything that the developers didn't do, uh, we were doing it. So there was some separation um, between us and the developers, which were called level three <laughs> above us. So, uh, so the developers didn't investigate, we investigated uh, the issues because there were enough people, so we could uh, maintain a certain different layers. Um, also we were having the, the, the calls with the clients and everything like that. And the developers usually didn't accept for uh, maybe pre-release something. So checking the release notes and so on and uh, some, uh, cab like uh, change, uh, approval boards or whatever that is. So, um, that was, uh, I did that for, uh, it was, uh, I don't remember how long, two, three years, I think it was almost three years. Yes. Um, it was until, until COVID hit basically. Um, but before that, like, I mean, while uh, we were having, uh, some, uh, say free space to develop our own, uh, pet projects related to work, uh, 
he had a great team like i have to say like uh also my uh team leader he was he had like a super great skills um and uh, like in every kind of it was having like a very great uh technical skills and soft skills he was really having a good analytical minds it was not, it was really pushing us to being creative and having an investigative mind so it gave us like the opportunity to have this uh pet projects and um the first one I did, the baby was in a, in Shell. I think I don't really remember actually now. And uh, then I started for the second year. I think I started um, um, basically starting, uh, yeah, learning JavaScript. I don't remember exactly how I came to it, but I don't know. It must be something natural. But I don't know. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, take some water. <clears throat> and. Um, I was um, starting learning in uh, Udemy. Uh, I bought some courses. This a uh, cold steel course at the time, uh, which much less refined than it is now. But it gave me like lots of knowledge on the back end and the front end. It was just plain JavaScript with uh, oof. it was EGS, I think, as a template engine or something like that. Um, it yeah. was React was uh, I think still in the it was not the early phases but kind of in the middle because it was uh, kind of five years ago or six years ago. So just class components, uh, but they were like uh, I don't know. I think I didn't touch React in the beginning at all. I was trying to understand how JavaScript just was working, and that's it. The course was great anyway. It gave me lots of knowledge. Uh, so. Uh, after that, I started to do free code camp because at the time it started free code camp as well. I enjoyed it a lot as well. Um, and I started learning the basics uh, and everything, all the exercises until uh, until the React exercises. Then I stopped because I didn't manage to do that. <laughs> like it was like uh, I don't know, it got blocked basically there. I did exercises, but the projects, uh, the final projects, I didn't manage. I, didn't, I couldn't understand how eventually it was working. It was much difference between the uh, the single lessons with uh, they gave you basically the direction where to go and how to build a full like application like that. Anyway, uh, so I said, okay, let's build something in JavaScript plane and uh, using this AGS. Um, so uh, I did a, I, did, I made a deployment. Yeah, it was a deployment tool which was what is was using. Um, some uh, shell scripts in the background as uh, basically it was just a simple front end with simple CSS, quite ugly actually, with just a few buttons and so on. But it was allowing to upload a file to the server that we had inside the company uh, using the SSH keys and um, with another button, we're choosing the environment. Another button was choosing some other variables and uh, basically with a push button, it was sending the parameters to um, the shell script and it was just running the shell script and it was deploying and then after that it was visualizing some logs uh, pulling the text uh, file from the server basically. So I was very happy about it, it worked and I was like wow! <laughs> and um, <clears throat> that was very important for my future uh, uh, search for job actually because I pushed the code on, it was, I don't know, I pushed the code on GitHub, I had the code on GitHub actually. Uh, without, of course, the secrets or anything like that, you know, but uh, just like the the normal code. Um, 
So I did that and uh, our deployment experience like for that kind of service actually dropped from, uh, I mean, the time experience <laughs> dropped for like it was maybe 40 minutes or something like that with human errors and so on to five minutes. So everybody was super happy about it. And then uh, the second pet projects, uh, project on uh, the third last year I did, there was a React application using, of course, class components, using some React portal. Uh, trying to, uh, it was a portal eventually, like uh, trying to uh, put together all the application, all the pet projects applications that all the members of the team did until until that point, because some people did it in, did them in PHP, some other people did them in JavaScript, and uh, oh, there was one guy in Python as well. Um, so that was interesting, but it was very simple, more, more simple application, like, uh, but it was good for me to learn something about React. Uh, it was not that much, but it was good. I didn't understand like uh, that much, but it's okay. With <laughs> and then, uh, then, uh, what happened? Then, uh, happened that, um, we, uh, yeah, COVID started to hit and, uh, it was just, uh, yeah, 2010. I don't remember if it was just then or some months before that I decided to go as a developer, but nothing about related about the job, uh, itself. I liked the job, but I told my manager that I wanted to, you know, to become a developer. So he said, okay, yeah, go ahead. Like, of course, do whatever you like. <laughs> and, um, and they gave me like also some good reference on LinkedIn. So I applied, I started applying for jobs. Uh, I mean, uh, here in Brno, there was not much about remote working. I mean, there was something about remote working, but it was for very, very, very senior developers. So I said, okay, well, cannot do that. So I applied for uh, the jobs here uh, in uh, the area of Brno, but Brno is a small city. So, so uh, luckily, like there is a lot of tech companies. So there were kind of some uh, companies uh, that I could apply with. And um, so I got some interest, started having some interviews. And uh, the first interviews was kind of, I don't mention the, the company now, but I applied for a normal JavaScript developer position and I did an interview and I came to the room and they starting, uh, they, they said, okay, here, this is, there is the problem. Can you do the code in Java? I said, what? <laughs> why? Why? Like I'm here for a JavaScript position, like not Java. <laughs> yeah. And he said, yeah, they were, they were developers. They were developers. And I said, oh, really? Oops. Okay. And then the, the, the recruiters told us that it was Java position. But <laughs> okay, let's do some pseudo code. Like don't 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 bother about the um, the code itself. Um, it was an interesting problem, but like it was my first coding interview, and it was really like like complex for my time there. So I completely bombed it, <laughs> but, uh, I felt, don't, I didn't feel so good, so bad because, uh, okay. They, 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 they mistake or mistaken my, I mean the language anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> anyway, they, they gave me some feedback as well. They said, okay, like you have good reasoning, but you could apply maybe in one year or something like that. They said, yeah, okay. We're not going to wait for that for one year to apply. <laughs> So I did more, um, uh, I sent more resumes and so on. And, uh, mostly I was doing some, uh, yeah, I was doing some side projects. I was doing some, uh, live interview, live coding interviews. And, um, yeah, I, I had many experiences on that. I have to, I learned 
After that, I learned that the side projects actually were the most enjoyable one for me because I was really enjoying them a lot. Uh, also, it was second time. I have to say that in the meanwhile, uh, not only COVID hit, but uh, my son was born as well. So it was like, uh, it was having maybe, uh, I don't know, um, six months at the time or something like that. So it was kind of, uh, I was already a, a lot uh, sleep deprived a lot. <laughs> I was didn't have much sleep like on my hand and I didn't have much time. But luckily, like uh, my wife was taking care of him, uh, allowing me to do the um, uh, the interviews and the, and uh, the take home projects and everything like that. So, uh, so I could manage that doing that. And every take home project, I was learning something more. And luckily, had uh, say a good seventy three quarters, seventy five percent of the companies were giving me some technical feedback. I did some code take home that I really had no clue about, so I just tried that, and they were giving still some feedback, so it was good. And eventually, yeah, I found this company. Um, which uh, gave me as well a side home project. Uh, I didn't pass any of the te- live technical interviews because I, don't know, I was like too panicked and and um, and uh, yeah, my like uh, strength in algorithms was not that that good. Maybe it's not even now, but at least it was not that was even worse now uh, before. So. It was an interesting study project uh, about creating... Uh, actually, it was a very good experience there because um, that is kind of... I wrote in the, my blog post as well because I think it's very helpful for uh, um, people coming to tech or to developing now. Um, I did the project and uh, about it was about um, some uh, application about movies because it was a, a company working uh, with uh, music and streaming and something like that. Yeah, so the project was good. I did that uh, with my limited knowledge, of course. Uh, but it was like a full, um, say, uh, React application, and I didn't have uh, I didn't have any backend, if I remember, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I didn't have any. Um, I have to say that I exercised my backend skills uh, in my uh, using my previous. Uh, personal page say I basically use the um, uh, cold steel uh, course to make like a, a simulacros of my web page uh, doing uh, some uh, front end in EGS and then I had uh, the back end in um, Node.js with MongoDB and uh, I implemented as well a text editor into it which was updating the database and everything like that so with a, basically you could publish with authorization and everything like that, uh, a blog post and modify it and edit it and so on and so forth. That was in GitHub as well, um, along with the copet projects for the, my previous company. And um, anyway, like yeah, back to the to the interview. Um, I did that uh, project and it was basically rejected. And uh, they gave me like a good number of points in which uh, they I mean the reason why they were rejected it from the position. And then uh, what happened is that uh, I don't remember the reason why I did that, but I think obstination maybe or something like that. But uh, I took the liberty of working on the project again and uh, implementing it and implementing with the suggestion that they had. And I don't remember if I did some more improvement or not now. 
But anyway, I sent it back uh, just to check them out. Like I said, I didn't have any like reason, please check it and hire me or something like that. No, I said, okay, I just took the improvement that you gave me. And uh, I don't know, just check it if it's okay uh, from this point of view. And uh, yeah, I don't remember how much time passed after that, uh, but eventually after maybe it was one week or something like that, I didn't have any response, but after one week, I was not expecting anything, but I got the email that they wanted to have an interview, a following up interview with me and uh, the developers themselves. And uh, I was super jumping from joy and so on. I was like, super happy. So, yeah. And the, the guys were uh, like uh, super uh, accommodating and very easygoing. And uh, they were asking questions uh, about the project. They were impressed by my second uh, try. <laughs> So I said, this, this, of course, it's not something that usually, usually people do. <laughs> and uh, they checked my GitHub uh, repos and uh, they said, okay, like, uh, actually, we are, uh, we are um, now looking for somebody with uh, some backend position uh, with some backend skills as well. Um, so we checked your GitHub and I saw that uh, we saw that you built this uh, website like in Node.js with this and that and that, this feature. So can you talk about it? So I was talking, of course, about it. So, so yeah, eventually, so short, long story short, basically they, they hired me. And, um, and uh, yeah, I was very happy. And um, the project, uh, basically I tried, uh, now also the reasons, I don't remember if I read about it, at somewhere or just I did it by other intuition but I um, I asked them beforehand uh, before starting a job like one month or even more before what technologies I should learn like to start the job or uh, what kind of project are you working on and so on and so forth so they told me yeah you should uh, like we're working on TypeScript now um, and this and that I don't really remember now so uh, I started basically uh, converting my other applications in TypeScript to learn about it. And I was pushing to GitHub or something and uh, uh, I was sending them to them and so on and they were giving some feedback. That was not that much, but a couple of times we did that in the previous uh, half, well, month, month and a half. So when I came to work on the first day, uh, well, second, third day, say after the setups and so on, uh, they gave me basically already things to work on and I didn't, they, they didn't have to, there was no Scrum or Agile at the time in that company, on the team at least. Um, so I didn't have to go through all, learning all the things there. They were just like two developers and me <laughs> and one manager and the client and that's it. So it was like, okay, can you do that? And just ask me in case like you're stuck or something. So I started my junior position there like so was very happy it was lots of stuff to learn but mm -hmm. it gave me the the space to do that and after a while i don't remember how long um they were uh, they told me okay now we start working on a on the big project so um I, we have this repository the whole repository and uh, we need you to convert it from JavaScript to TypeScript, everything, <laughs> all the repos. I said, okay, <laughs> like my knowledge is kind of limited, but slowly, slowly, maybe I can do that. Mm -hmm. 
of course, I didn't have any, you know, structured knowledge how to do that. So it was just going, okay, one page at a time, <laughs> slowly, slowly. And uh, anyway, they asked me if, I mean, I was asking them from time to time what to do, not what. <clears throat> and I learned really like the, like maybe 70% of what I learned now, what I know now about developing, I learned in there, I think, because this was giving me the foundations on how to do the things. Uh, my tech lead at the time, one of the two other guys, um, was giving me really, really like a great, great, great knowledge. Uh, it was giving like lots of comments. I think one the PR that I opened uh, had, I don't remember, it was like 40 or 50 comments on it or something. So it was like a huge, like, uh, I thought he was doing a good job. And then I was like having 40 comments, like, modify this, this could be done better. This could be done in the other way. <laughs> so, so. But eventually, like after all the time that I was working there, uh, after six months, like the comments were starting to go, I mean, lower and lower and lower, you know, in number. So I was, I was seeing that I was getting, I was improving <laughs> at least a little. Um, but it was great. It was a great school to learn because it was giving really good knowledge. And I was, I sometimes had to like scrap everything that I've done and do a totally another way, which was, was of course better. Um, but it was good because sometimes it took me, it took my, my, uh, advisement as well. And, uh, so it was not all lost <laughs> anyway. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, there were lots of technologies there. I mean, no, there were not, sorry, not lots of technologies. There were some front end, but it was like, uh, mostly still in co class components of who hooks came out already. And, uh, mostly it was like backend work, uh, 90% was backend work. And there were some, uh, serverless work as well. Uh, there was some integration with AWS, but unfortunately I didn't manage to touch it too much. I was eager to do that, but the work was always going to some other developers. So, um, I was in my, in my little, uh, little thing. Um, so happened, what happens happened is that, uh, after six months or so, uh, the feature, there were some blocks, uh, along the way. Uh, the client was not really time timing. Uh, they had, the clients were testing everything. We didn't test anything and they were doing by their own time. Uh, so sometimes the things got stuck. Sometimes the things got changed. Sometimes it was a little getting a little frustrating because it was getting more and more like that. And, uh, they were also like the project project was kind of almost done. So there were not at the time, uh, big features to be built upon. And I was feeling that my skills were getting a little stuck. Um, I couldn't learn. I could learn something here and there about, but also like I was not coding that much, many new things anymore. So I said, okay, like, uh, to myself, I said, okay, like I have to, I feel I have to grow. And, uh, I figured that there were no really like, there were other teams, of course, inside the company, but uh, because of many things, and I decided like to try to change a uh, company something new and uh but uh, i didn't actually was looking for a job just yet uh i, I was i was just uh, working i said thinking about it right and then on twitter somebody uh wrote that uh yeah we have this uh, remote company which actually was by coincidence uh in czech republic uh that uh 
is uh, looking for developers, like, uh, I don't remember if we were just general developers, JavaScript developers or something like that. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I said, I just inquired with him, like I was not really like uh, expecting anything, but uh, inquired with him and uh, he gave me the contact of the recruiter at the time, the company, and she contacted me and <laughs> we, we arranged an interview for uh, the next days, basically. Uh, which went fine, went good. And they gave me also a take-home project, which was interesting. Uh, it was this uh, build the game of life uh, thing. Um, so having this, um, uh, this basically you have basically to write some functions by which you have some cells uh, or a, well, can be pixels or just part of like cells of an array, say. And um they have to you have to build a logic by which the cells are growing, or if they get together or they die after a while, and so on and so forth. So um I did that project and uh to my surprise I did it quite quickly. <laughs> Actually, I was not expecting that. And um uh I did uh, all the things around it. So like the um, side hustle say writing some tests, uh, writing some um, uh, linting uh, scripts, writing some, um, uh, how to call it, some uh, hooks, some pre-commit hooks, like uh, just to see how I was working. And I was really like um, doing, uh, making like a good readme, like to making how the uh, application was working, how the tests were working, uh, how the things, the structure of the program was. Actually that I did that as well on the when I was start applying for the junior dev because uh, I also like don't remember how that, that that I think I read somewhere somebody talking about it. But uh, this helped me a lot uh, to get the junior dev position because they were um, very happy that they could run the, applica the application without issues on the first run. Uh, it was including Docker as well. It was including Docker my the, the application that uh, my first uh, site home site home project. So there was a command to run and that's it. So it was working fine uh, with the readme. So I did a product the take home for this new company and uh, yeah, they liked me and um, I did a, it was the third round, well, second round after the take home. So they, they kind of grilled me on the interview. <laughs> they asked me a lot of, um, very difficult questions, technical questions about the project, about uh, normal a kind of computer science project uh, knowledge, which I some some I did have, some I didn't have, and uh, and uh, yeah, basically they, I, w I was grilled uh, like. But they asked, they told me in the beginning like this would be a very stressful interview, so be prepared for that. <laughs> but they were friendly, but they were asking one question after the other one, and uh, and uh, yeah, so i finished the interview and i said okay totally i busted it because like I, there is no way that i passed that, that thing um uh, but eventually no after actually one hour or something actually the the guys called me and uh they said that they, they liked me a lot it was more an interview how i was reacting on uh on uh, my stressful stress management and uh and um uh, reacting to teams, how, to the team, how they were like asking the questions and how I was answering to them, because they said also like uh, there is uh, not not everybody also here like knows all the questions, the answers to the questions anyway. Um, so <laughs> I said okay. 
So that's the actual company I'm working for now, Moravia. It's a, it's a small company. Uh, actually, it's a kind of an agency, um, but they have some uh, in uh, projects, but mostly out, outbound projects. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where I am now. I'm working with them for one year and a half, more or less, um, maybe a little more. Huh. Yeah, that's my, my long, long <laughs> That is super interesting to just sit back and listen to somebody tell their own story. And wow, it, it is quite the story. You've been to many places. You've done a heck of a lot of things. It's super interesting. Um, so I have obviously a ton of things <laughs> that I'd like to ask. Um, let me think where to begin. So I think one of the things that was interesting to me, um, and uh, we've talked about, I've talked about this with other folks as well on the podcast and off. Um, it seems like one of the things that was really key to your success later on, um, in your career was this idea of creating side projects and doing it in the open where people can then see it. And so when they, when you apply, people already have an idea of, of what you, what you've done. And then also not being, um, not being taken aback if somebody says no, but taking the feedback, applying the feedback, and then saying, you know what, can you just have a look again at this? That's really interesting. Um, is this something that you just naturally have always done in your life? Um, to just, you know, essentially keep moving forward no matter the things that, that happen? It can be, um, let me see, in uh, my past, uh, uh, say, I, maybe not consciously, maybe, but uh, actually it was not the, not the only time, but I did it very few times, that, that thing. Um, there were some projects, some take home projects in which I really like uh, got some feedback, but I was not really feeling confident that I could add anything to it because I said, okay, this is too advanced for me. So I cannot really do anything about it. Um, but this one was at my grasp somehow. So I said, okay, let's just insist. But in the past, uh, ugh, let me see. Well, the thing is that like a normal, other, uh, I would say, like in other works, other jobs that I've done, uh, I didn't have any more, anyway, the possibility to do that because even uh, the previous work uh, as application support, I did a technical test uh, in the spot, but uh, on paper, <laughs> but uh, there was no, like, okay, there was an immediate feedback, like, okay, this one is correct, this one is wrong, this one is correct, this one is wrong, and that's why. But that's it, like, you know, it couldn't, like, really call back and say, like, can I try again? <laughs> like, like once you bomb it, you bomb it. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, so it was the first time that uh, I did have this possibility, actually. Um, this Let's say that uh, I, maybe the, the time that I passed... Uh, as a teacher and then as a sales representative for the language school gave me definitely like the <laughs> insisting uh, pattern <laughs> that I developed maybe on uh, on try on how to do that. 
um, maybe some of the skills came uh, from uh, my university because I studied lots of rhetoric as well. So <laughs> I learned how to say, paraphrase things, saying things, say things in different ways. <laughs> And um, that's one thing. Uh, maybe that's one skill that I get from there. Um, then uh, that, that was helpful as well as teaching because uh, you have to improvise sometimes and uh, the skill set is good, but uh, you don't know really everything, especially when I was teaching English. I didn't have like 100% knowledge of it was not my mother tongue. Um, so I had to improvise to, go, to do other ways. And uh, so... Then working with, uh, you know, students and, uh, and, and with clients like this, it often give me the, yeah, the, the, maybe the skill, I don't know, to, to push, uh, to push a little more than non other people wouldn't do. <laughs> it takes a little of not being shy. Uh, I'm definitely not an extrovert. I'm more like a way more introvert, but I taking it as, uh, not personally, I'm taking it as, um, say, kind of acting somehow, uh, like in a detached way, like, uh, okay, I have to do it, so I will do it, just I will not be so much involved psychologically, and I will just try it, and if it goes well, it goes well, otherwise it doesn't matter, basically. So I learned that, and of course, like, uh, uh, one other thing that I developed maybe in IBM was, of course, the as a service desk, the soft skills, a lot of soft skills <laughs> and patience uh, on how to, um, I mean, I had them a lot already from, from the previous jobs, but uh, when you work in service desk, it's even, even more uh, with the clients. So that gave me like, a, yeah, all the, all this combination, I think all the combinations of the, of the things here and there gave me the, the knowledge to get to where I am now. So you write quite a lot about testing and specifically using uh, the React testing library. What is your general approach to writing tests for a project? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I am quite maybe new to the library. Uh, I'm using it since I started uh, this last project that I'm working with. So that means uh, past year and something, some months. Um, because beforehand I had other projects, but uh, tests were kind of not considered almost at all. <laughs> so I never really like, uh, go, I never went uh, into it uh, before this project. So, um, it, um, so the, we inherited basically a project from another company and um, where to rewrite many things since, and uh, at the same time developing new features. And there were like uh, some tests working already on it uh, uh, using Jest. And uh, there was nothing about the like, testing library at all. So they were more like kind of unit tests, like they were on, on the Redux funks and uh, some other components, but mostly they were like on the, on the React hooks, there were some tests. Uh, but they were kind of not really like useful to any anybody, so I went to scrap them uh, almost completely. Um, they were just checking, basically they were uh, using mock data and they were just checking if the data was there, 
and uh, mocking uh, uh, functions uh, from the Redux uh, funks or actions. And uh, they were checking if the functions were called, but nothing about the application itself, if it was working properly. So I st started to studying a little like how was how the various libraries were working with Jest, but actually eventually for uh, this, uh, well, unit test, but integration test, uh, React testing library has more as like uh, the majority of the wins for now. Um, so I started applying it. Uh, we opened like uh, quite some, like, quite a bunch of tickets, like uh, on uh, how to how to write for writing tests all around the application, like different pages. So now the approach uh, starting being um, okay. If we have to evaluate some new feature, let's evaluate it, considering adding the tests directly into the new feature. And for the old legacy code, let's start, uh, let's add some new ticket and, uh, working, work on them separately, like, uh, just some, having some good time, like, uh, separately. Um, luckily, uh, we have a good, uh, management that allow us, allowed us and allow us to give us some proper time for solving tech debt because it was a huge tech debt when we came in, um, the, when I, when I, once I did that, I did, there was some, a grade of library and I remember what was that. And uh, I realized that the majority of libraries, they were not updated for the past three years. So <laughs> if you had to update something, everything was breaking up <laughs> basically. So we had to do some, uh, big, uh, big refactory on that. <clears throat> and, um, that's when I started implementing anyway, that testing library and, uh, I started uh, right, like reading the documentation and uh, coming into the problems there as well, because there were some uh, ways like, um, I, I was uh, studying in these past years, um, Epic React by Kent Dodds. So there was um, a part of uh, about testing as well. And I read, uh, I mean, like, uh, yeah. If I write very good, good blog, good blog, good blog posts about uh, about testing as well, so I was reading them and they seemed everything very simple, <laughs> like to use. So I started applying it and eventually, like it was simple, but like to make it the correct way, the simple way, you have to understand how really this thing works. And uh, so it was a little like frustrating in the beginning because I didn't manage. I could manage to render the pay, the, the components. That was not a big deal, but to test properly the the parts of the components or uh, in a say to understand how to test in a sensible way, right? Not to test something because we have to write a test, but because something could break in the future, so we have to write something about the, that the, about it. And uh, as React testing library works, we don't need to, or we don't want to test the implementation details. So nothing about changing the pages, but I had to test the change of routing. So that was a different thing because we had to integrate the different libraries um, to test the routing and uh, to test to to test uh, how the components was was behaving and the pages were uh, were behaving. So. Uh, we started having this uh, like different approach, like um, new features means um, uh, writing tests on it, 
like uh, after they start the feature, writing tests for it, and uh, otherwise just part of the tech depth. So apart from it. Mm-hmm. So you would say your advice to people would be write tests from the beginning. Don't leave it till later. Well, that's yes. That's the the common knowledge, uh, common uh, uh, good way to do things. <laughs> Um, but as I said, like, uh, there was my previous project, uh, previous to this one, um, it was very badly, poorly managed project. And there was just barely enough time to do the features. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> there was, um, zero time to do, to think about even do tests, <laughs> like, uh, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, tech depth, well, it was a new project, so there was no tech depth because I had to build an application from scratch. So there was also like the big thing. It was Next.js, so that helped like not to uh, having uh, unforeseen things at least because you have some logic that works, you know, behind the hood, like routing and so on. So you don't have to really test that mm-hmm. too much. Um, but this new project I'm working with, uh, new project, like current project, it's a pure React, uh, uh, create React application. So along the way, we had to change many things and you have to test properly the things because libraries get updated. We changed everything from um, Webpack to Vite. And so we had to change the library from Jest to Vtest as well. So a few things changed as well there. Learned that many, but a few things improved, of course, but there were like many, much work to do as well. So yeah, uh, testing first, um, sometimes just was very slow. So it was kind of difficult to, um, uh, test, uh, the things properly after the, the features, uh, Vitas is much faster on the, from that point of view. Um, you have to define as well, the workers, how they work and so on to make it speedy enough. But, um, eventually we did. We came to a point in which, um, because we used as well, scrum methodology with sprints and so on, everything was getting accumulated to the end of the, of the sprint. So our QA was a little overwhelmed at the end of the sprint. Um, so I don't know, I'm experimenting, uh, and kind of different way of how to do these things. Uh, so I will develop the feature. And I uh, will open a pull request with just a feature, so the the tech lead can um, can uh, code review it. And meanwhile, I will start working on the tests. And uh, if everything goes well, I can pass the test uh, PR to the tech lead afterwards. So it, it doesn't have so the feature can go to QA, uh, not so late last moment. Say, <laughs> and uh, if we find if I find something going wrong in the test, then I can pull back like the, the previous ticket. It's not ideal. It should be in the same ticket story or whatever, but like at least we are like testing some saving time. But yeah, definitely with the feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you have the possibility, definitely. I found there were many, many, many cases in which I found bugs uh, writing the test, so <laughs> that I couldn't find before. So yes, totally. Very cool. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting that um, you mentioned that. The fact that some of the older projects didn't contain tests was because of bad management. I wonder how many people realize that that's often the case. It's just that the project isn't managed well. And so testing is never taken into account. Um, 
And so that's why tests just never happen. It's not because the developers don't want to write the tests. It's literally because the way the project is run, there's just never time to write the tests. Yeah. You're just running from one feature to the next. Yes. Um, it's good now because um, with the Copilot and the ChatGPT anyway, I also speed up like the writing tests like 90%. <laughs> so... Um, I could, uh, before uh, I have to think about it, I can write uh, like, okay, the, all the tests that I have to do and I start developing them and so on. The structure can be similar to different pages, components, but still. Uh, and uh, now since recently, like for the past couple of months, I started writing maybe tests in the first draft by ChatGPT, uh, just giving them the inputs and the component. And um, I could write the first draft of the test that I have to do. And uh, say, not always working. Sometimes they do weird things and so on. So I have to triple check them and I have to change many things because it's also like sometimes they write useless tests anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh, it's a very good input like just to, to start the work when you have to write some tests. Um, so I can write the title or also you can sometimes Copilot can write the title actually <laughs> of the test. And I also compiled started using just uh, one month ago or something, but like I'm a late arrival for that. Um, so that I sped up. So I think this will be very helpful uh, for all the companies because you can use like half the time to, to write them and you can at least have like a, not that maybe not all the tests because sometimes tests really require some complicated stuff <laughs> to do in the middle. I was just writing tests for some search component and uh, yeah, sometimes it's kind of, it was getting a little crazy to understand how I would implement the, the, the testing with that, with the, the bouncing, uh, memoizing <laughs> and things. But yeah, uh, so um, so yeah, that would, it's good because it will improve the code quality eventually. Like uh, you can write some tests, you spend maybe one day, like optimizing the tests, uh, correcting them and finish them off basically instead of three, four days. So that's good. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, I also saw that you try to help early stage developers where you can, which is great. Um, what advice do you have for others just starting out in their career? Yeah. When, uh, Important thing, especially now, how the market is. Um, I saw the market change like so much time, uh, so many times. Like I was lucky to get uh, my first junior job, job, job during uh, at the start of the COVID pandemic. Uh, that was like a good uh, shot of luck because there was a time when many people were being laid off already at the time, even my previous 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 company. So. Um, I, I, yeah, as like I read many, many places, not so many maybe, but I think it should be highlighted that it doesn't really matter if you start the job as a junior developer already, but you can even start like as a, you know, service desk or tech support or application support or whatever it is, uh, or starting from testing, like, uh, from QA, um, I understand that I'm not, I'm not sure about the requirements for a junior QA, what, what they are because I never look into it. But uh, there are plenty of, you know, resources, courses that you can make you like in QA. And uh, the QA is also good because not only uh, you can, 
you know, maybe don't have access to the code directly, but you can ask the developers, uh, you can study in the meanwhile. And also like we're doing our QA, they are developing like um, um, automation tests with um, WebDriver or Selenium, whatever it is, but it's kind of small programming, but you have to write programming, basically functions and stuff like that. Maybe not, not not everything, like if you use maybe some other tools that I saw, like Playwright, I think you can do it on the browser directly. But a web driver, you have to write the code. So we have our repo that can do the all the automation tests. So like it's a good uh, starting point as well, if they're still hiring for QAs. And, um, but also like even other applications, like other kind of jobs, like, uh, as I said, uh, application support or anything like that, like, uh, it's still fine. The, the entrance is difficult. Like they, I mean, even, um, when I was working as application support, I got into a senior position. And then, uh, when I applied as a developer, I started, I had to start as a junior again. <laughs> so it's, it's like, yeah, as everything yeah. I did in my life. Right. But you don't start as a junior, uh, by from scratch. Like, but you start from a junior from uh, knowing already the industry. So, you know, the procedures, maybe if you have Agile or Scrum, you know, about how this works already. Um, if you have some other uh, technical position, you definitely will use databases. You use uh, shell scripting or something like that. Uh, shell scripting is definitely difficult programming language anyway. Um, so... Yeah, any any entry position is like that, and they, they will give you definitely an advantage when uh, the market maybe will go better. Like you can apply definitely for junior dev jobs already, uh, but you can mm-hmm. apply as well for uh, like other kind of technical positions that give you the possibility to improve your skills. If you work in a normal service desk, hundred percent, maybe not that much <laughs> because you will just like you know do. Um, scripted work say like prescriptive like communication work yes but not so much technical skills but if it's already like as i said like in the beginning i was working somehow partially in service desk partially incident management partially other things and it gave me the time to to study and so yes it was good anyway just don't be stuck there too much time <laughs> maybe if you want to really program yeah yeah that's good advice so i'm i was curious do you think there's a benefit um, for early early stage developers to take the time to learn things like uh, Agile and Scrum um, even before they have a job. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, well, when I started, I didn't know anything about it. And uh, they when I started in Moravia, where I work now, um, I think they asked me if I had any knowledge about this. Um, and they said, well, actually in the last month we had uh, for the first time a Scrum Master and uh, I understood something about it, but apart from that, zero. <laughs> so, and yeah, they hired me anyway. So um, after that, I went uh, from the preview, I say first project, big project that I work uh, now, I had a very, very bad, uh, not only management, but also like a Scrum Master and uh, and so on. Uh, so the sprints were kind of a mess. So I really didn't understand how it was working. Everything was kind of improvised. 
And now instead, I am uh, in this team, uh, which is kind of really, like uh, very, very, very good. Uh, the Scrum Master is great and the team is great and everything is like discussed and, um, and uh, reviewed and everything is evolving all the time. Um, so even if you study about it uh, without the real experience, I don't think that you, you really get what, what why you do that. <laughs> but um, it's definitely worth uh, having the basic to understand what is it and uh, why the companies are uh, doing it. Um, I'm not so much mm. into Scrum as like uh, meetings that much. Like it's like uh, more a, a favorite to say async, like written um, dailies and stuff like that. But uh, we are doing like a normal remote call anyway. Um, so. We have this plenty of knowledge now that wasn't at the time, uh, I think, when I started. Um, maybe there was, but maybe I didn't care about it <laughs> that much. Uh, they didn't know about it, actually, because now there is more, uh, like, I don't know, there is more uh, freedom of sharing these these things. Uh, also on, on Twitter, maybe not still not, not much, but uh, there is still a blog post talking about it from other developers. Because this is a thing that uh, I think many people just don't like developers, so they usually don't write about it maybe that much, um, or uh, just maybe mm -hmm. they don't mm -hmm. consider it worth it to to write about it. But I think it's not the the thing that you have you have the sprints and okay you have two weeks or one month or one week, and you have to finish the things and so on. But I think it was more about the concept of um, thinking, estimating how much time maybe one thing will take you and uh, how much uh, effort will take you one thing. And uh, if you do two weeks work, like you have to understand what was good and what was not good for the team, for the for the client and so on and so forth, which uh, normally like many developers I, I see and I was myself as well, maybe in the beginning, say, okay, like, I, I don't know what to say, actually. It was good, the sprint was good, the sprint was not good. But eventually, actually, when I started uh, understand and learn uh, from other senior devs, um, what, uh, why we are doing that, um, and why we have to think about it to become more a senior, right? And uh, things started popping up in the mind, like, uh, well, maybe I should have, said that and so on like i can propose that maybe it can improve the, this thing maybe uh, this one was good but there was this particular detail that maybe i didn't like that much and of course it's very good that we have a good scrum master so all the discussion good team members so the discussions are very open and transparent and everybody is okay with each other if you have people like um that the other developers in which you have maybe some problems like then it's more difficult to become to to do these things and it becomes very boring and useless so mm, yeah mm. the concepts are good to understand for a junior dev uh not for me mandatory because it's a thing that you learn on the job and you learn by experience on how to do them better but uh i mean reading wikipedia what is, what is it about like i think it's more than enough for me at least yeah, no, I agree. I agree that you should have a basic understanding 
of what it is and why. But yeah, until you do it, it's it's really hard to to understand what it's all about. Um, so I spoke to uh, another guest on the podcast a while ago that had the background in psychology, um, and I posed the question to him around that. And I have a similar question to ask for you, uh, to you. So you've had a very like winding road and you did all kinds of things and you moved around to different countries and worked and did different jobs until where you've landed now. So I'm curious, um, the jobs you've had that wasn't in tech, that wasn't tech related. So I'm thinking the stuff you did like in the humanistic field, um, journalism, those kinds of jobs that you had. Is there anything from those jobs that you've kept, that you've learned, lessons you've learned doing that, that has helped you as you moved into tech and programming? Um, definitely the writing. <laughs> and uh, as I said in the beginning, the communication. Um, I mean, there are uh, the other developers which don't, they don't have, they have the normal technical background and they are communicating as well as me. So that's fine. <laughs> I just enjoyed it more, maybe like to write. Uh, yeah, maybe one thing that I could start, maybe because I like I like to write a lot and uh, uh, but uh, fiction as well. Like I wrote a book in Italian as well, but then I stopped completely. And then uh, from when since I started developing, uh, or maybe a little later on, when I become more uh, self confident, say uh, I started blogging about tech uh, tech stuff, or I mean developing stuff anyway, JavaScript mostly. So that uh, is kind of a hobby slash passion that uh, it came all the way along since uh, university time. Um, also, yeah, because it's a passion, like I'm doing it just, you know, for myself, for uh, people who's interested, but really not much for money, at least now. <laughs> I don't know in the future, but at least for now. Um, and then, uh, well, I think that uh, every every experience that you have in life anyway brings you some addition to the next thing that you have. So everything added something until I got here. So... Um, my previous company, this company chose me because they liked how I was reasoning and how I'm reasoning is basically the sum of all the experiences that I had in the past. Uh, so the diversity, in my case, it's like uh, the diversity of experiences and cultures uh, definitely brought me some uh, advantage on uh, working on a multicultural team. Because now I'm working with well, mostly our Czechs, but we have the other two developers are uh, from Turkey, and then uh, we have one. Now it's uh, the guy from Poland and uh, another guy from um, uh, Bosnia. So <clears throat> that uh, definitely helps in case, like you know, seeing how the other people are reacting, working, and uh, so. You learn to how to to have this uh, multicultural um, uh, way of thinking. So every time you start having some discussion, uh, I, I have like you know this thing that I just if it, if it goes like until a point in which it can be, it can become a little hot, I can I can just start stop and try to think like what the other person is thinking. <laughs> 
because mm-hmm. like I understand mm-hmm. that this guy is getting a little too out of hand. So I'm trying to understand like, uh, okay, this guy like is maybe this person is like uh, thinking this way. So I think the other way. So let's just calm down a moment and just go back a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I think today it's really important to be able to work in uh, teams that is very diverse because we've all recognized the benefits of diverse teams. Um, it makes the product better. It makes everything better essentially because you have so many different viewpoints. Um, it's not everybody that's just thinking about it in exactly the same way. So um, in the beginning, when you were talking about, especially the work you did um when you were still doing like service desk and that kind of stuff, you touched on the thing that a lot of it was um, shift work and a lot of it was like, so four days you'd have like 12 hours in the morning during the day and then you'll have some a little bit of a break and then you'll have days where you're working basically through the night. Um, that obviously takes a toll on a person. Uh, it's not really a sustainable way. Do you find that you have found a more work-life balance now yeah totally um i'm thinking that like i i can't like think how to do the same things that i'm doing now back back before like when i was working like in office and uh with these timings especially of course there is lots of people that still doing it but um um i i am happy that i did that in the beginning when i didn't have a kid <laughs> because like otherwise it's very very difficult and um it's manageable you have to do it you do it basically but uh and even with a kid like with normal life i was going to office anyway at the time it was uh even it was starting covid but we came into the summer so the covid here in czech republic was not that much so people were going to office anyway sometimes with a mask or no but anyway and um so I was going to office and I was coming back and I was going, yeah, you know, it was like uh, still a small city and I was living already outside the city, but 30 minutes, say, with traffic, sometimes 45 minutes going and 45 back. So it was one hour and a half. <clears throat> and um, yeah, with the, first of all, uh, when I started with this company, Moravio, like with remote working, like definitely everything changed because yeah, getting started to work at nine, finishing at five and I was already with a kid all the time or cooking or doing something anyway. So um, lots of stress, less stress. Uh, well, I, uh, I have less time to listen to podcasts actually now than, than before because I was listening to when I was in the car. Sometimes when I do some exercise, maybe I listen to it. And when I wash dishes, I try to put my headphones on and uh, these things. Um, but apart from that, like it's totally, yeah, much, 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 much improved. It's definitely like a privileged field, this one, um, because mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, also that an application support, I know some people now that are working remotely with, uh, I don't know, they have like five, maybe four or five screens at home, like in a desk or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, still, you have to do the shifts at home uh, with the four or five screens in one room, maybe with, uh, with a kid or something. It's really complicated. Like in that part, maybe remote working is not that 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 good, because 
I don't know. It's kind of get you get don't you don't manage to get out basically from. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, from my point of view, um, yeah, one important thing I think is that uh, I'm working already as a say intermediate position, like not junior, not senior, like in the middle, <laughs> the middle way. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if uh, starting as a junior dev would be better now as a remote or uh, in office, uh, actually, because I enjoyed a lot like having the conversations like uh, screen by screen, like when I was working as a junior with the other tech lead. Um, but I think it's manageable uh, even now. It's a little more difficult if you have to do some pair programming maybe um but i don't know i don't know that that part because i didn't experiment it but uh yeah i -hmm. think it's good that some companies are offering um hybrids but i think the hybrid should not be three days home and two days uh in office but either you choose basically stay in office or or stay home because there is anyway that's not that complicated to organize it i think but um uh, yeah, like that's because some people really like enjoyed it much, much more in office and that's fine and enjoyed it, enjoyed much more in remote working. I in the beginning it was difficult. Mm-hmm. I understand I, in the beginning it was difficult when the COVID was strong and everybody was home. Uh, it was difficult to isolate from the from the family and, uh, and, the, and everything that was going around. But eventually, like slowly, slowly, we found the balance. And uh, of course, you have to have your own room to work because otherwise you're screwed. Um, but uh, I think we found the balance and now I can manage to work and take my breaks and stay in the breaks with a kid or do something so uh, it's it's good like it's very good but I have to go out sometime that's great to hear yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> um, in closing I saw well it may, maybe this won't be in closing maybe we can we can maybe this is a positive thing let's see um, I saw that there was parts of last year that was that was rough for you. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but I did read that um, meditation was an important tool that you used to help you deal with the challenges. What is it about meditation that helped you, and what advice do you have for others going through a rough time? I think it's very apt right now with all the people being laid off in tech. Yeah. That's also a good question. Um, meditation, I'm doing it for the past 15 years. So it's something that, um, well, helped me like all around the various things that I did in my life anyway. Um, but, um, in, uh, generally speaking, like, uh, it's helping me with the work, like in any ways, because like, I'm getting maybe stressed out sometimes in the day, uh, as like everybody, uh, but, uh, doing in the morning and, uh, in the, in the evening before, uh, going to bed, like allows me to just take off everything that I got stressed about during the day and just having a peaceful sleep. That helped me a lot during the night shifts as well, because, uh, well, it was more, a little more difficult to get a routine. <laughs> on that but um that's the reason one of the reasons why like i think i got a good uh good enough at least for two years um uh, balance uh not to get crazy like uh, doing doing all these changes changes in the shifts 
because it's basically going through um, changing time zones, like going to, let's say, from Europe to US or to Asia, like every 10 days, basically, <laughs> because that's how you, it works with the brain. So I was I was able eventually like uh, to to recuperate in uh, maybe two days. So I was managing to have the past the last two days normal like as normal time, and then I had anyway like four working days and it was fine. Um, however, say um, I don't know how to say it, but uh, meditation definitely helped everything. It keeps you let's say it allows you like say to um, surrender. What, uh, what, um, for example, if you would do interviews and so on, like, uh, not to just stress out on uh, the expectation of what you will receive, either good or bad, but just, uh, let it go once you have it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that uh, you cannot do that. What I did, like, uh, just, you can, you know, do the uh, second, second round of the technical project. Um, it just means that I don't have to be so much involved into it, but, uh, I'm not talking about focusing or anything like that, uh, not doing mindfulness or these things. Uh, the meditation that I'm doing is called, um, Sahaja Yoga. And, uh, it allows basically a spontaneous state of meditation through the energy that we have inside. And, uh, it's basically allowing, allowing us to, being in the state of meditation, not just to do the meditation, but being into the meditation. And uh, also this happens during the um, interviews, for example. Um, is enough, uh, for, it's not enough, it's enough is not a good word, say. I am tense in the interviews because that's how they are supposed to be. <laughs> but um, like when I'm too much, I feel stressed out. You get like some, uh, I don't know, you feel the stomach tense or the belly or, or something like that. So I am uh, able because I'm doing that. I don't know how this works, uh, to just, uh, focus myself like a little, like with my attention inside and bring my attention to this energy uh, to the top of the head here where this energy basically goes through. And, uh, I go into a state of calm, like uh, almost immediately. And so that's how I think I managed to pass the, the stressful like interviews because um, I'm managing like uh, to, to get like not stressed out. And when you get stressed out, you know, you start saying, you know, incorrect things or stupid things or things like that because your brain basically goes black <laughs> and uh, or white, I should say. So, yeah, it allows you to basically to get, get back your focus into the, the, the present moment, to the correct thing that you're doing, right? And not the, because what you are, what's happening during interviews and get panic is because you, meanwhile the interviewer is speaking, you start thinking, uh, something else. You start uh, thinking about what the interviewers will say if you say so, or, uh, what I remember from the last time that I read something about that. Um, but if you manage to stay in the present moment, uh, it's basically that you have access to the part of more access at least of your um, unconscious. And uh, you can, if you know something and you're stored in the unconscious there, you can manage to speak about it calmly and uh, not panicking and going like into the state of you know, blank or um, saying things that it 
didn't want to say or something like that. Um, it's, it's called like you can guess it. Uh, you can call it. It's not an inspiration. It's like letting this uh, meditation state flow within you, so that uh, you can uh, um, do the things like properly and in a calm way without too much uh, too much stress. Definitely, this helps. And uh, there is, a, for example, uh, there are many ways to meditate. Uh, there is this uh, website, uh, freemeditation.com, that, uh, for example, has many, um, 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 don't know, it's very, like there are many pages in where they teach how to meditate uh, this way. So one person can try it out and see, for example, before the interview, for example, or uh, even during the day, trying the meditation just a little. Even if it's maybe difficult, then I said, okay, I have to do this work like five minutes off. <laughs> I cannot take five minutes off <laughs> of my work, of my life, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But eventually, this if you get into the state of meditation, uh, these five minutes allow you to compensate maybe for maybe half an hour of work that you uh, would lose because you start thinking about something else. It's... Um, Say, mm. in, a, in some way it works uh, the way by which many people are saying okay if I don't find a solution to the problem I go out take a walk or I get some sleep or whatever <clears throat> but which is perfectly fine it's very good to do it of course I do it as well when I just stuck I just go away and um, uh, the meditation allows you to to be less stuck say <laughs> and more focused yeah, into yeah. the present uh, to the present yeah yeah thanks so much yeah that's great um i encourage people also to try meditation i i also do it all the time um and maybe the next time you don't think you have five minutes to meditate maybe use the five minutes to try meditation instead of going on twitter i promise you it'll be better for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well, this can be done. Uh, I did it like uh, because I'm teaching that as well. So um, it's possible to do it like uh, online, as I said, on this website or via podcast or via anything, basically, or in presence anyway. <laughs> yeah, 100% agree. Thanks so much, Alex. This was a really good conversation. Thank you for sharing your story um, and for sharing your knowledge. So uh, have a lovely rest of your day. Have a good weekend. um, And I will speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mycenaean Network Podcast. If you're not already, please subscribe, store, and leave a review for us in your podcatcher of choice. This helps others find us and helps us make a better podcast for you, our listeners. You can also find and follow us on Twitter at Network Mycenaean and join the community on Discord. All the links are available in the show notes.